Escape from Plan A. Exclusive video shows panicked workers and customers of the seafood buffet frantically running on Emmons Avenue, desperately hoping to escape the man police say burst into the restaurant, attacking employees with a hammer. It was just screaming crazy words like, um, I'm killing everybody, this world is hell and everything. He was just screaming crazy things. It happened just after 5 Tuesday evening. Police sources say the 34-year-old suspect randomly walked into the Sheep's Head Bay restaurant, first striking an employee near the door. They say he then went toward the back of the restaurant, hitting another worker multiple times. A customer who was there asked that we not reveal her identity. I saw a Chinese guy, waiter. He was walking like this, all bleeding. He held his head, his two hands, and he fell by the door. Detectives say the hammer-wielding man then went onto the kitchen going after a third victim. At the same time, some of the frightened customers ran into Samantha Randazzo's restaurant nearby. And then we heard the guy say, lock all the doors, a guy's killing people. Exclusive surveillance video shows officers chasing after the suspect who was taken into custody. When it was over, 34-year-old Fafai Pun, a chef at the seafood buffet, was dead. A 60-year-old male owner and a 50-year-old male manager, both seriously injured. Welcome to another Escape from Plan A. Uh, this is Teen. I guess I'm hosting this week because Oxford is uh, in Korea. He's He's been traveling the last couple of weeks. So uh, I know he wanted to join this podcast because we're going to revisit some topics that we that we hit up in a prior pod. Um, so I guess let's get some house cleaning out of the way, housekeeping out of the way. Um, as usual, um, the best thing you can do if you enjoy the pod is to go rate us on iTunes, Spotify, Google play, wherever we're available, which is everywhere now. Um, and as always, we, uh, you know, we're, we really like feedback. We welcome feedback. So if you want to contact us, uh, the email address is editor.planamag at gmail.com. So we've been getting some feedback and, uh, have been enjoying it. Um, Okay, so today uh, I kind of want to re. I would. We did a podcast a while back. Um, I think it was episode forty-two. Uh, How to not get stuck in anger, which we discussed um, anger, particularly uh, Asian American male anger. Uh, and there were just there were things in, that were raised in that episode that I kind of want to revisit. Um, so we, the group we got today, um, we've got Mark. Mark, how's it going? Hello, uh, Jong, who everyone knows, I think at this point. Hey. Uh, and a newcomer, Ray. Ray, how are you doing, man? Not too bad. Happy to be here. Uh, since since this is your first pod, like, do you want to just take a quick second to uh, tell the people who you are? Yep. My name is Ray. I'm a data scientist in the Bay Area. I got to know, I guess, first Jong through various online Asian American spaces. I've talked to a couple of y'all on like various subtle Asian sort of like uh, mm -hmm. family groups on Facebook. And I started talking to you guys sort of online and we started chatting more. And so um, thanks for looping me in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it was really, I really wanted to do this pod with you in particular and, and this group because like we had like a really good discord chat about this topic. And I feel like we were landing in all sorts of different places. And I think it's like definitely a huge source of confusion for people out there exactly this this topic of of anger i think that it's often misinterpreted i think others have a, l a little bit of a different mm -hmm. take so i thought it might be ripe for a good discussion you know what i mean absolutely yeah definitely uh yeah 
so the recent event that kicked this off for me was that mur- the the I, I get, at this point it's a double homicide with a third yep. victim who's in critical condition. So um, if people aren't aware, there was a um, there was a there was there were there was a hammer attack uh, by this guy. What's his first name? I, his last name is Martunovich. I forgot his first name. Um, I don't remember. But he's this—he's this guy who, like, you know, is is clearly insane. But he he uh, went into a random Chinese restaurant. It's actually run by Malaysian Chinese, and I uh, used the hammer. He killed two people. Um, like the owner of the restaurant, uh, I think mm-hmm. his name is En Tan Kong, and he killed a, the chef, thirty-four-year-old uh, Fu Fai Pun. And there's a third victim. I think he was also in the kitchen, uh, Zimat Pun, who's in critical condition in the hospital. Yeah, and um, the killer had said that uh, he was motivated by a sense of the need to protect Chinese women from, you know, the brutal misogyny of Chinese men, and because of some movies he'd seen. Because of uh, yeah, because of a movie unspecified, it's not clear what he what he's talking about. And he was he was muttering a lot of uh, insane shit. But this was his self-proclaimed motivation for the killings. Um, which were no less uh, brutal or racially motivated than the killing of Vincent Chin. And I guess it got me thinking, because while the murder of Vincent Chin really set off, I think, what would be... I, I think that is, is in some ways viewed as the um, one of the starting points, if not the starting point, of Asian-American activism. It was a hugely galvanizing uh, incident. This... If you if you just take a look at like where we've come from then till now, where you know a murder of you know equal brutality is more or less um, I don't want to say it was written off, but I don't think there was much of a reaction to it. Um, if you ask me, uh, certainly nothing along the lines of what um, the reaction to Chin's killing was got me. St- Got me wondering, like, what does it say about the movement that, you know, we got, you know, where we have come in, what, over 30, 40 years is to this point. And uh, it got me thinking about anger and, and, and how I think that there has been a lot, uh, Asian American movement has very much largely been, uh, you know, about tempering anger, about suppressing anger, and there's just a lot of suspicion around anger, particularly male anger. And I just wanted to kick off the discussion. Do you guys think that, you know, anger is justified here, but there hasn't been enough of it? Has there been, uh, you know, the appropriate amount of anger? What do you think? Absolutely, we should be angry about it. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, we, uh, there have been number, uh, like a number of homicides with Asian Americans or Asian people um, as targets right they're targeted racially and we're Mm -hmm. not hearing anything Mm -hmm. about it in the mainstream we're not hearing anything about it in our own communities uh we are the we are victims of police brutality as well like it's such bullshit you know we uh not to veer too far off topic but we you know we have conversations about how like oh well asian americans have it good because at least we're not getting shot in the streets no we fucking are we are getting shot in the streets we are yeah Yeah. uh targeted in physically violent ways and like yeah many of us are lucky enough not to be in those positions but there are plenty plenty of asian americans who are in those positions and it's totally fucked up that we're just going to dismiss their experience and their struggles because we think because the popular narrative is that we have it easy 
Yeah, and, and I think, you know, that brings to mind, like, those, there was two incidents. One was Tommy Lay, who was that uh, yeah. young kid. Yep. He was, like, a high school grad over in um, Seattle who was shot by the cops uh, because uh, he was holding a pen. And he, he was going through a bit of a, a mental... Uh, he was he, I, he had a bit of a nervous breakdown, it seems, but it didn't seem like he had posed any sort of threat, shot and killed by the cops. And I think that there was no there was no real push to to even really uh, prosecute that. But more than that, it just seems like I don't know. There there seems to be to me like a cultural uh, or there seems to be a cultural suppression of Asian male anger by Asian people. That's that's the thing that really mm-hmm. gets me like pissed. It's like. I, I kind of mm-hmm. assume now that uh, a lot of this stuff won't be covered by or made a big deal of uh, by the mainstream media. But yeah. the, what really bothers me is how Asian Americans kind of go along with it. And, um, you know, a lot of, uh, and, and we should talk about this, but like I think there's just a suspicion of Asian male anger as being particularly dangerous. And I'm like, where's the evidence for it? Where's the evidence that, I mean, if you look, there's anger all around us in society and for good reason. Um, I think there's plenty of reason for Asian men to be uh, Asians, Asian Americans, but uh, Asian, I want to focus on Asian American men in particular, because I think that's where we get a lot of issue in terms of the, you know, the expressions of anger coming, coming out of coming out of us. But even in our own episode on anger in episode 42, I think we went down this route of acknowledging that, you know, there is justification for anger, there is reason to be angry, but that it's kind of this transitional state that we need to get through and that anger mm-hmm. is really just sort of this inchoate, unlearned uh, reaction and that what we really need to do is like, you know, get together, talk to each other, have discourse. And for what purpose? As far as I can no, tell, no, 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 get no, no. past the anger stage. No, 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 no. I mean, that may be, maybe that's the way you know, it's totally fair if that's how you interpreted it or that's how you took it. But I mean, mm-hmm. my my point wasn't that like, oh, you should just get over your anger. Uh, my point during, I mean, during that specific pod was that there are definitely some expressions of anger that are misplaced and inappropriate. And some of that, some of that energy, not everybody, but some of those people need to examine themselves and figure out like what is it exactly that they're angry about and is it is it being directed in the right way um that isn't to say that people shouldn't be angry like people have plenty right. of things to be angry about uh and maybe that's something that gets lost in the details um i do find often that like conversations about anger um particularly asian male anger tends to be polarized in this sort of like well we have a reason to be angry so let me be fucking angry and then the other group is like hold on is this productive? Should we be doing that? I think there are better ways. We shouldn't. We shouldn't be going down this path. And those are the. Two, those are like the only two options. Why is it not possible for me to be angry and also understand how to express my anger in a productive, uh, useful way? I think it's entirely possible. But for some fucking reason, that possibility never. See- it's like, it's like, it's a magical unicorn to find an an Asian male that is somehow uh, able to muster up some kind of like self-respect energy right yeah yeah and and also be able to direct it in a useful way right wait i i do want to jump in here because i do think we are using this analogy to the vincent chin case um in a way that might not be incredibly accurate because after vincent chin there was radio silence there was radio and it took 
like months and years of organizing and agitation and really key strategy. Like I, I interviewed Helen、mm-hmm. Zia. I don't know if y'all read her book. Shout out to Helen Zia. Like it was incredible how much like a Herculean effort she she and others put through to make this a national phenomenon. Phenomenon.、Yeah. She had to really talk to like probably literally a hundred Asian American groups to get what, this a thing to be did, to have this become a thing. Did she have any opinion on on why it was so difficult? Yeah, absolutely. To, to... I mean, there was a lot of. First of all, there's a ton of Asian American infighting, not only between the Asian American groups like Korean versus Japanese versus you know South Asian、yeah. versus whatever, but also amongst themselves. You know, right? And there was also a, a ton of Asian Americans who did not want to speak up, who thought that perhaps that、uh, by at- associating ourselves to a grievance narrative, we would be lumped in with blacks,、mm. um, and so. Right, like there was just an incredible amount of work that was done, and so like, I, I I do think it's like critical to examine this and contrast this with Chin, but I I definitely want to put that out there as well. Yeah, but, but、point. then okay, that's that's fair. But what's the lesson learned then? Because the outcome of Chin was widespread anger. The outcome of Chin, like I think, if the if the goal there was to was to um, uh. Uh, invoke anger is to create create anger, you know, where it was appropriate, and that was largely successful. But what lesson was learned? Because I feel like we're just、mm. falling back into the same kind of complacency. And what I see a ton of when I when I look in you know Asian American active so called activist spaces is、uh, really、um, almost a sort of self directed therapeutic movement that's more.、Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think Asian American activism today is really a literary movement, which it has been for a long time, and a lot of it has to do with this.、Uh, and we talked about this in the Discord, which I want to get to next, is this pain narrative、um, that a lot of this is about, you know, historical injustices sort of accreting、uh, into some sort of collective pain body, which we're all a part of, and we attribute a lot of the、um, higher rates of、uh, depression, anxiety, suicide, all these things. Into a collective pain body, which I've seen expressed a lot of times. Like that's still more or less the accepted、uh, narrative about what's going on. Is that you know there's just this collective pain body, and we have to come to terms with our pain. And a lot of what I see passing for Asian American activism is the sort of like you know expression of all the things that bring me pain. And、uh, I guess what I think that leads to is a sort of like mass gaslighting. Where you know everything that is、uh, you know causing problems for people is kind of located inside of you, even to the point of pushing it back into like a historical narrative to say like if you look at I fixate on this one thing that uh, this um, woman Dr. Jane Park had said in that in that Natalie Tran video、um, mm. about WMAF, where she said you know if you really think about Asian men it's quite understandable after all they're still reeling. You know, from decades, if not centuries, of humiliation at the hands of the West, and so while it's gross and it's sexist,、uh, you know, I, I I can understand why Asian men are still you know hung up on this, as if this anger is sort of like anger at historical ghosts and not something that's happening now. And I think、right. that that is is the thing that pisses. Like when I think about it, it gets me. It's anger building on anger because it's like. I think there's plenty.、Mm. If you just look around, I think the society at large is super fucking pissed. It's super angry, and what I'd like to see is for Asian guys to at least reach the level of anger that we see in society, rather than stand back and always have this like false po- pose, false poise, false equanimity about everything, which I think is 
something that in Asian American activist spaces is a is a is is always pushed as a high higher value for us to be above everything for us to find right. inner balance right. and that's the goal of Asian American activism and I just I really have a problem with that yeah well, I mean what pisses me um, off about that kind of position is that it 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 assumes that the person that is angry uh, is incapable of having a justified anger right like it, it assumes that the person is immature or they have anger issues and mm-hmm. that like that it's it, it for some reason the possibility that that person has a really good reason to be angry is somehow off the table mm-hmm. well yeah i think anger in general in society has been uh uh redefined or has been characterized that way so you know it that's why people are i think are, one reason why people are scared of it or scared to be angry or to show their anger is because they'll immediately be cut down with you know you're being immature uh, you'll be painted as irrational, uh, and then you'll just be cast aside, and you won't have any power to, you know, actually change or 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 uh, you know you know say anything to uh, make yourself uh, to alleviate your anger. Right. That's the other thing. It's like yeah, it's it's like you're and we did. I think we said this. I mean, we being Plan A, like on that pod. I think this is the part where I do Jong take issue with what was said. Was this idea that. Anger is not justified unless it has some sort of clear uh, purpose. Like it has mm-hmm. to be tied to some practical plan of action. And right. unless we have that clearly articulated, then your anger is just this inchoate rage, and it's it's just, mm-hmm. you know it's a cringy expression of right. your own inner pain. And well, and I agree and with this yeah. idea that people people who are just you know projecting personal issues out there. Okay, that that to me, I can understand as like just sort of abstractly speaking, maybe not the maybe not the best thing to do. But, you know, and I think this was touched on, too. This is the thing that I do agree with, which was said, but I don't think fully developed was what Oxford was talking about, was that anger is often, you know, a result of hypocrisy. It's not really just unfairness that that provokes anger. A lot Mm -hmm. of times I think Mm -hmm. anger is, I think, a result of both seeing an unfairness, but then being told that you're not allowed to say anything about it. You're not allowed to do anything about it. Well, I, th- I think and it compounds it. The It compounds it, yeah, and it builds on it. I think anger is a sort of recursive, it's a recursive kind of feeling. It builds upon itself because it's not allowed to find expression. And the problem that I had with the pod was this notion that until you have like a constructive plan of action that everyone as a group has agreed to, that mm-hmm. your anger is basically useless and you need to work well, on yourself. I don't know. And I, I think don't that's think... kind of where Asian American activism fails is constantly telling people you need to go work on yourself. I can I can definitely see how you As, could you could get that impression. Um uh, certainly from like the mainstream sort of the larger popular conversations in our community. Well, that's also when you mm-hmm. when you don't have a, a a collective body, when you don't have agitation amongst sort of a collective Mm. You know, you put grievance is in the realm of the invi- of the individual, and therefore right. it's something to quote unquote get over. But here, I do, you know, on the topic of Asian male anger in particular, I, you know, I I do think that I do want to say it's not about whether or not we are angry; it's about where we are directing that anger to. Because often it's not directed at white people; it's not directed at white, white supremacy; it's often directed right. at Asian women, and and that's just easy catharsis, I think, most of the time. 
right? And, and so therefore, I think, you know, it's, I think it's 100% good, honorable, and just for Asian American men to scrutinize the sources of where our anger is coming from, you know? And not to like, and if it's coming from a good place, express it, do you, you know? Do you think, and, 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 do you think, you know, do you think some of, do you think any of that anger towards Asian women can be justified? I mean, I think we, we got to get at specifics here, but I do think, I mean, okay. So I think that the Kavanaugh hearings were really emblematic of this, of this sort of collective side-eyeing of male anger, right? Because so much of that anger was inextricably linked with the entitlement he felt, the thing he felt was rightfully yeah. his. And so, right. this, you know, this gets sure. at the central question when it comes to Asian men, when it comes to hate crimes and racism and discrimination that is directed, us, directed at us in a racialized, gendered way. Mm -hmm. um, is there a portion of that grievance narrative that is not linked with the entitlement that we feel as men? I think there is. And okay. if so... Well why aren't we allowed I, I, I a grievance don't, narrative? All right, let's t let's take I, I don't know where you're quite coming with the entitlement. Like with the with the hammer attack, right? What entitlement do we feel that we have that we're expressing anger about not having other than the entitlement of not being murdered? So like, so I, I think I don't the so I think quite, the hammer attack is is a really easy example. It's 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 clearly okay, unjust. But, yeah, clearly okay, but let's discuss that people should organize around. Let's discuss this. Uh, you want to talk that. about a it, specific example? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, most of the time it's about kind of what Oxford pointed out. It's it's about it's not really about un, you know unfairness, but it's about hypocrisy. And so that and so when that anger is directed at members of our own communities and in particularly Asian American women, I think that there is enough you know I think scrutinization of that anger is warranted. Okay. So let's take a specific but, but example. Why? But like because, what? Because because specifically, here's what I'm questioning. Uh, and we should stay on this. Uh, we should stay on the hammer attack, I think, for a sec, because I think there are aspects of it that tie into because of the nature, the motivation of the crime, because of the this idea that he was, you know, he wanted to protect Chinese women from Chinese male misogyny, which I think is this that that sort of that sort of narrative that's being pushed out there, which is a narrative that I think if you look back quite clearly has. Been, and, and I'll just say this like. And and it's hard for Asian men to say this because I think it's always assumed that it's coming from a place of pain or it's coming from a place of grievance targeted at Asian women. And my point is, it's often not grievance or pain. It's often just simple hypocrisy. And I think that if you look in the past, there's a clear, there's a, there, there is a clear uh, connection of this, um, of this narrative of the inherently misogynistic nature of Asian men and the culture from which we come from and the need for white men and white liberal culture to kind of save Asian women from it. And I think there was an uncomfortable, um, there was an uncomfortable parallel between his motivation. And I think a lot of the things that we see Asian American feminists writing over the, over, you know, over the last two generations and it, 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 it kind of struck me when, and I was kind of looking for, I was kind of expecting this, that we would see Asian American feminist writers like Jen Fang come out and say that the murder was, quote, made so much worse by the co-optation, co she said, of Asian American women's body politics. And I was like, without prompting, you know, she was able to see the connection, right? And I think that for me, there is... 
I don't think that, I guess what I'm saying is that when there is anger directed at Asian American women, I think if you're going along with this pain and grievance narrative as the source of all anger, which I think is completely misplaced, I, and we'll get to that in a sec, but there, there's, a, there's kind of a suspicion that, um, that there must be so much pain and grievance inside Asian men because of the, uh, this is another trope of Asian American activism is the emasculation of Asian men where we sort of start off from this basis, like if you want to learn about it, you start off from this basis as a man saying, you, you're a eunuch, you've been, you've been castrated socially by society, etc. So you kind of internalize that. And then you become dangerous. Because then you definitely have some sort of inner pain and grievance that from, from you know, other people are going to assume is going to come out in some explosion of anger and that it's going to be targeting women. And I mm -hmm. guess from my perspective, from what I've seen is that the anger towards Asian American women has largely been about a demonstrated uh, narrative that a few select Asian American women uh, in, that are leading sort of a, the feminist narrative um, really have thrown Asian men under the bus. Uh, I think that's just true. I don't, I, I, I think that, and Frank, you know, it's something that's been written about for, for a while now. Uh, but it can never be expressed. I think so long as we view anger as a grievance, then it's, it's just assumed that angry Asian guys are fundamental, you know, they fundamentally want revenge against Asian women. And I think that's even informed the pods that we've done. I think these are assumptions that are really deeply held. For example, are Asian women fearful of revenge by Asian American men or something like that? Um, it's really deeply be, embedded. And I wonder, is that, is that justified? And just to be clear, um, sort of throwing under the bus means unfairly representing us, uh, perhaps not supporting us, not saying in this case of Hammer that this was, uh, you know, uh, explicitly gendered racism against Asian men. Is that what you're saying? Well, and also yeah, I'm saying, Roger I'm basically say blaming us. Yeah, well, I'm saying that in terms Wait, of representation people... of Asian American identity, that there has long been an elevation of a certain narrative, which is true across right. the board. It's not just true of Asians. But it's true across the board that what you want is a narrative in which um, Asian culture, Asian men in particular, as seen as, you know, even more misogynistic than white American culture. That Asian American women are coming from a, a more patriarchal society and that what, ne what, what the activism really needs to do is sort of uncover and unearth and expose the sort of inner kernel of misogyny that's found within Asian culture and thus Asian men, especially Asian men who are identified with Asian culture. And that's what oh, I mean I by it. I think, I think, yeah. Wait, so our, and I think our, there's a lot, if you go online, the, a lot of anger is really centered around this. Are people uh, using this example and, and actually saying, well, you know, the thing that Hammer believed is somewhat true? Are, actually, are people actually saying that? Or is it just the lack yes, of response? Yes, I think so. Well, I think if you look at someone, if you look at, you know, reappropriate tweeting, that the murders were made so much worse by the co-optation of Asian American women's body politics that it's, it's almost like, I feel like that reaction was almost too quick. Like it wasn't even prompted. They, they themselves, she them, they themselves saw the connection, right? So if a guy was to say, I killed Chinese men in order to protect them from, uh, Chinese men in order to protect Chinese women from their, you know, abusive culture and abusive, um, their, the, the, the way in which they victimize Chinese women, that there was an instant recognition by them that that was a co-optation of Asian American women's body politics, certainly a perversion of it. I'm not claiming that they're trying to get white men to kill Chinese men. I'm certainly not saying that. But I'm saying that the motivation 
was fundamentally in line with this idea that Chinese culture, Korean culture, those two in particular are highly misogynistic and that Asian women sort of need liberation primarily from Asian men. I think that kind uh, of narrative I, yeah, I think definitely that, contributes to it. It, it definitely contributes yeah. to it. And again, I'm not saying that that's completely false. I'm not trying to say that there's no such thing as Asian male misogyny. I'm just saying that every time, if you look at the way that they reacted to the Elliot Roger incident, the murders, where three Asian men were murdered, which is rarely ever talked about. It's usually seen as an Asian male on white female crime. But actually, if you if you kind of yeah. look at what his uh, the motivations were. The first three people were, he killed were his his uh, Asian roommates. Oh, and and he despised Asian men. I mean, th- that yeah. again was racially motivated. He hated the Asian part of himself. Absolutely yeah, if, loathed it, it. And he hated Asian men and he wanted to kill them specifically. But if you look at did. the discussion and reappropriate, again, it turned a mur- the murder, the specific targeted murder of Asian men back towards this discussion of Asian, uh, Asian toxic masculinity. I don't know how it was relevant, but... In that case, I think there was this, I, and I think this is something that is generally being pushed by reappropriate, is this idea that like, unless Asian guys show no anger, unless Asian guys fall in line and do nothing but you know support Asian American feminist narrative without raising their own issues, but just being sort of quiet allies, anything beyond that is sort of like buying into white toxic masculinity. So uh, the, you know, Anything beyond that is sort of, you know, reprehensible, you know, aping of toxic masculinity. Yeah. And I think that I'm just like, these are these are murders of Asian men. I don't know why the conversation keeps getting steered towards that. It's very strange to me. So just a couple of things. I mean, I totally agree that um, really scrutinizing uh, what Hammer believed, right, um, says Mm -hmm. a lot about supremacy. Now, I, I just had a really hard talk with like a white friend who, you know, towards the end of it, I was, because uh, I just thought he was, like, microaggressing, essentially, like, all his friends, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I had said, you know, a lot of supremacy is just the air we breathe. You breathe it, I breathe it. And in some ways, yeah, yeah. Hammer breathe, breathes it. And I think that... <laughs> his name was Arthur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, Arthur. Um, yeah. And so, <laughs> really scrutinizing this idea of the white egalitarian knighthood myth, um, I think really needs to be scrutinized. And I think that that is something to be mined in this case. What I have a problem with is, is, is using this attack as emblematic of something more than supremacy. Uh, and in particular, emblematic of hypocrisy, the, the, the silence. The silence is not gendered. I have not seen that many Asian men also talk about it. I think you, you have silence writ large. And, and I do think that if, if, um, you know, I, I do think if there is a world in which the only people who are talking about it are men, I think that is a reasonable question to ask. Why can't the acts uh, of grievance or why can't the grievance narratives of Asian men um, and the acts of violence done onto Asian men be grievance narratives for Asian America writ large? I think that's a reasonable one. I'm not sure I, if that has happened yet. I So what I wanted to say is that I think the narrative that um, Asian men or Asian cultures are inherently uh, just going to be irredeemably toxic uh, contributes to this sort of apathy uh, towards racism, uh, about racism towards 
Asian American men, uh, specifically violence, right? You, you hear this all the time where the, the crimes of a particular individual justifies the, the violence towards them, right? So like, oh, you know, that guy was a piece of shit anyway. He deserved what was coming to him. And so I'm these, not, I'm not this, no, I, I don't think you're, you're trying to do that, but I do think that that narrative contributes to, um, an indifference about violence towards, uh, racial violence towards Asian American men. I really do. The, it, it makes it that, very, hmm? You're thinking that people actually do agree, like, hey, like, yeah, Hammer is like somewhat right. Yeah. Or, or they're not going to question it. Yes. They're not going to question it. I, they I, won't question it. it. Yeah. yeah. It's easier to just yeah, go, hey, those guys think, probably deserve it. I think a lot of people agree with the idea. That, out. Sorry, I, I think a lot of people agree with the idea that Chinese women need protection from Chinese male misogyny, and 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 same with Koreans, etc. I, I I think that the premise is largely accepted. The actions, I don't think. I mean, look, I, I, don't, I don't think it's reasonable that anyone would ever try to justify a hammer attack. I mean, that that's. That's not even a question here. So the idea that Asian, like the idea that Jen Feng is going out and, and uh, you know, calling out the attack as an expression of white supremacy and it's horrifying. Of course, I, I, that's a, that should go without saying. So sure, I, sure. I don't really, you know, to me, mm-hmm. like calling the crime out as horrific is, what else could you say about it? Right. I think silence but, and apathy is the norm. You can expect silence and apathy when it comes to violence against Asians. And I think but I, I, no, I, I agree. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, why is that? And I think a lot of it is because right now there is a real suspicion around male anger and in particular Asian male anger. And we've taught ourselves, I think we've been, we've been cowed into it. I don't think it's natural for yeah. us to, to kind of mm-hmm. duck and cover and say, you know, I don't really care about this. This is stupid. I think a lot of this is, is couched in, in, in the fundamental framing of where anger comes from, which again, I said, like, I think we should discuss this a bit, is does it come from grievance? Does it come from inner pain? Or does it come from the fact that it's fucked up? So, I mean, because it could be, it could be up, both, doesn't quite honestly. Like, I don't have to have any grievance or pain in me to recognize that that is fucked up. And that, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to strike some nerve in me other than I'm, I'm Chinese American and I think this is, I'm outraged that, that this happened. And, yeah, and, what's the and, difference? And I'm outraged that, what's that? What's the difference? Like, are you saying like grievance as in like personal grievance? Like this was done to me? Yeah. Well, like I or said, you know, okay, I think empathy, back to, right. yeah, I think back to, for example, like, and I think, and I think a lot of this again, and it, without beating around the bush, a lot of it does come down to for, for men. And this is something that we've been trying to unpack is um, a certain amount of hypocrisy between the way, um, the, between the way the, the ways in which an Asian American narrative has developed largely along um, what Asian women are communicating to a white audience, this is what do I say? It's mm-hmm. a lot of this is a literary movement, right? And I think back to um, what what again that I think that Natalie Tran video really explained a lot of it when when Phil Wang uh, from Wang Fu was talking about how you know he used to question this sort of like a sort of connection this alliance between white men and asian women and said that you know it, it was later when he started realizing that there was like you know there was history and legislation around this right and that what i'm saying is that there was a, a whole narrative like there was a whole paint there was a whole thing like that was developing yeah. over time 
Mm-hmm. It was designed not accidental. More or less, yeah, there was a, there was an anger over history, right? This this was like an, this was a certain amount of like anger that we've built up over time that's not relevant anymore. But it's it's really about history, and that's the thing that I'm questioning is. Is this really about accumulated anger over the decades? And, and really, it's kind of an inappropriate time to be expressing it. Or is there like a live issue out there worth getting angry about? Mm-hmm. And when I think about um, the ways in which the murders of Asian men the, where, where were targeted specifically both for our race and our gender is quickly steered towards discussions of Asian toxic masculinity and how all of this is sort of part and parcel of toxic masculinity and that Asian men, the lesson that we should draw from the hammer attack is to stay as far away from white toxic masculinity as possible. Like what kind of, what kind of lesson is right. that to draw? How's that even relevant? Yo, I'm that's not saying that's even blaming, the wrong yeah. lesson. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, how's that lesson relevant here? That's straight Why up victim that blaming, thing bro. That we need to get to. I, I don't, that's, really I don't know. Strange to me. I don't know how else to interpret that other than as victim blaming. Like, wait, wait, we, do we have a I, victim? I, yeah, I just think there's an incredible no. amount of fear around Asian male anger and both by ourselves and by, I don't know what it is, but is there, for, let me ask a question. Is there any like objective reason to think that Asian male anger is of a particular kind that like we really need to put a lid on? Otherwise it's going to destroy the world and ourselves. Like what, what, what is it about Asian men that's like, like it just simply cannot be paired with anger. Okay. So here, and I'm sure there'd be lots of pushback. Um, and, and I also don't know what are the realms of this particular episode, but there, mm-hmm. there are like landmines, right. Um, of, uh, specifically around Asian male anger in our canon. Right. Um, and I think that like, for instance, Frank Chin, which here, you know, it's so mm-hmm. crazy because like Frank Chin is sort of canonized in certain, certain circles. I imagine it's more canonized here and then demonized in others. I think that he's a complex person like any other uh, literary person in our canon. And mm-hmm. I think that the the argument is that there were elements of misogyny. There were elements in which I, had but no one's ever narrative. No one's ever denying that there isn't misogyny in Asian American communities. But why is it that it's always the, so the, the topic that comes up? Like, I, I, I don't exactly. know. I don't know if anyone is out there saying, Asian American men are completely innocent and saints. Like, we, like I yeah, fucking yeah. know I that there's misogyny the in, in the community because I see it. I see it myself. You know, like I know full well. But why? Why is it that it's always attributed in this manner? How come Asian men are not given the benefit of the doubt from time to time? Like, I mean, I I agree. I, I don't think it should be attributed. I don't think it's even relevant to the Hammer case. And and people who do, yeah, totally. I, people that. There should, there should be huge pushback against that. Wait, what do you mean it's not relevant, though? But he, he himself claimed it was relevant. No, no, no. If, right? if like, people are, are we just discounting what he said because no, he's crazy? I'm saying or? if people are victim blaming here, like that, mm. is a, that is an absurd response for sure. But I was trying to answer uh, the more general question of mm-hmm. why are we so, uh, I don't know, like skittish about um, Asian male anger? And, I, and we have a history of where that anger is directed at. And I think that, I, I don't think that we could discount that history. And I don't think that we What's could- the, what, what is that history? Where, where is it directed? Oh. I mean, is there, is, there, uh, a, is there a history of Asian men constantly targeting Asian women? Is that, uh, like, is there, for example, like, 
And this is something I'm curious about. Like, I, I actually do want to have this discussion, right, it, about Asian American misogyny, Asian cultural misogyny that we've imported over to the U.S. Certainly, it exists. There is no, there's no culture that ha- doesn't have that. Yeah, I'm, but not, I I'm not know, saying like, particular to Asian men either. I'm just saying. Yeah, but what what is what is the what what is it that causes what is it that happened in the past that is that 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 as you're referring to that Asian male anger should be looked upon with suspicion because of its sort of mo at targeting Asian women. Where does that exist? Well, you know, we we have. I mean, you guys are so familiar with that. So I mean, I feel like this comment's more for the audience. But we have thirty or forty years of online infighting about mm-hmm. just the same issues, AMWF, uh, out, you know, out marriage, stuff like that. And I think mm-hmm. that, I mean, I think that that should be discussed, but there's a way to discuss it that is much better than the way that we have. Not one that is about sort of, you know, uh, spurned well, masculinity that sort of sp- spirals out in, into misogyny and whatever. Well, Yes, I would agree with that. But here's where the hypocrisy comes in for me, right? The way that this whole discussion about in the history of the online discourse on the dating disparity and emasculation and all that stuff, it's always characterized as it's only the men and the men are worse and we've got to talk about the men. And the hypocrisy for me is that it's a two-way street. And a lot of the time, it's also, you know, a lot of women doing the on the offense. So, you know... It's not that like, you know, obviously men can be horrible. There's misogyny, all this stuff. Some guys don't express it in the best way. But for it to be constantly just seen as, you know, you know, men are being irrational. There's no there's no reason to be upset or angry. That hypocrisy for me is where, you know, most of my anger lies at the moment with the whole issue. Or or that you can't be trusted to be angry. Meaning, okay, I can see why there's some problems here, but Let's everyone just settle down first because this anger is out of control. And I guess in my mind, I'm like, okay, what what explosion of anger out there uh, are we talking about? What 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 like you know orgiastic uh, you know explosion of Asian male anger is really the problem here um, well, that we're trying to avoid? What, I mean, what, yeah. what what's the demonstrated danger of this? On the other uh, hand, I'll, I mean, on the other hand, I will say. It's it's not a fear I think of like some big event like a hammer the a hammer attack right because I don't think there is much of a history of Asian men going crazy and attacking you know Asian women in public right I think more of it it's a it's a it's a it's a quote unquote smaller issue in that there's a fear of domestic violence and also that the let's anger not... will result in the domestic violence so yeah. I can get. I understand that. But, what angle are the, as well. but even that, what are the stats on that? Like, I'm, well, I'm down to have this conversation, but people got to bring some the stats. stats to the will table. never. Well, I could bring out stats and say that you know Asian women are are the victims of domestic violence, the least of any race in America. But the response will always be that well, that's just underreporting. So okay, it's very it, hard. It might to be use underreported. That. I'm not saying it's yeah. not, but I'm just saying. Like it's it's we it, need to get to that conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's never largely do because in, in all the spaces I'm talking about. There is an automatic cap on Asian male anger. The, the second a guy shows any sort of amount of anger that's gendered, uh, it's seen as misogyny. And I think that mm-hmm. if you do look at the things that Frank Chin was talking about, and I'm not, I'm not parroting Frank Chin. I think I, I don't read much. I have not read much of his stuff beyond racist love. But what I read in there is really consistent with the things that make me angry, which is this completely 
falsified narrative of Asian men that's been put out into the mainstream, which I think does lead to the Mart- the, Mart- the Arthur Martinovich murders and stuff like that. He himself said it, right? He said he mm-hmm. saw some movie that, you know, was showcasing the degree to which Chinese women are 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 um subject to the abuse by Chinese men and he he as a white man needed to do something about it. And and if but that, he said it and yet we still can't connect the dots. And if that is the so, case, is it really unfair for some people to be upset at women who might be unfairly perpetuating this this narrative? I, I think it's about the degree and the ratio. Right. So yeah, like is is this idea of- the degree? Well, to the look, I'm sorry to cut you off, but right now the degree is zero. There's no anger out there. What you see is anger seeping out in you know from individuals, but it's being completely canned and gaslit and and pathologized. So I, I didn't finish as I, if you're you know people are insane for thinking it, but, but I think that's where it is. But sorry, go ahead. So I, I didn't finish. I, I meant the ratio yeah. between anger at the act and anger at mm-hmm. the response or imperfect response. The, the ratio okay. between those two. Because, look, I, I, I understand the, the idea that people can be angry or at hypocrisy over the, uh, the core unfairness or the root unfairness itself. But my question is, should we be? It's not a human law. I think that the idea that the overwhelming response has been against like the hypocrisy or the, the imperfect response to mm-hmm. Hammer, uh, less than Hammer itself, is absurd. You know, that may be absurd, uh, but that I think that is human nature. And I think that I it's think, not, well, it, it, I don't think it's an issue. I think that, for example, there are, right, like if you go back, I think what Oxford was talking about was was based in uh, an article where there were studies around even animal, even animal reactions to perceived, uh, it was, it was, it is grounded, I think, in something fundamentally human, right? Which is that we can accept a certain amount of unfairness. Not accept, but it doesn't provoke that kind of anger. The anger is this sort of like inability or the suppression of the expression of, of that un- or pointing that unfairness out. It's, I think the example he was giving was about global inequality and how it's not inequality itself that really gets people pissed. It's about having to accept that inequality as fair. You know, and I think that it's mm-hmm. this muzzling of Asian guys and women, I think there's a lot of Asian women who see this, but also feel like they can't call it out. And as the narrative comes out, I'm seeing that this is not about just Asian men. There's a lot of women who see it too, but they kind of think of this as the domain of Asian men to, to speak up about it. But but look, that, but, but look I, I think the, the muzzling, this is emblematic of why Asian men are muzzled, that ratio. Like, why are we angrier at the hypocrisy of the response than the actual core unfairness? I don't think that's human law. It's not biological essentialism, all right? I I think that that is emblematic of why men are muzzled because it's about where that anger is directed. No, that's that's a cute argument because what I'm saying now is that when it comes to this hammer attack, right, I think that essentially the muzzling says we can't call it out for what it really is. There's an aspect to this. And I think to separate the fact that Chinese men had hammers taken to their skulls as if we can only think about that particular event, the touching of the hammer to the skull, is all that we can talk about versus the con- context in, on, in which that happened. And we know that a lot of that has to do, like that is connected for sure because the killer himself said it is connected to a narrative that's been pushed out there into the larger world that 
Asian men are inherently misogynistic and kind of need to be destroyed because of it. And that, the, you know, I think that is, that justifies anger to me. So, I mean, I, this, I, send, me, I also, send me somewhere, someone who is actually being an Arthur Martinovich apologist. But, okay, but, so but, but even, even, that, even short, I don't, I'm not saying anyone's apo- being an apologist for Martinovich. I'm saying that people are limiting the discussion to, you know, a, 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 you know, a murder of Chinese men and that's it. But we cannot, con- we cannot talk about the context around which that happened, which the context was provided by the killer's own words. We cannot talk about how the pervasive uh, narrative out there that slanders Asian men as misogynistic from the start. Like, that's where we start, right? Number one. Number two, that that is a uh, narrative that has for a long time and continues to be validated by, you know, a wing of Asian American feminist writers. And I think that's a discrete, you know, problem. I don't think this is like all-encompassing problem. I think it's a discrete problem. And I think people should speak up about it. But the second you get close to it, I feel like there's just this fear that what's underlying all of this is misogyny. Or what, what's underlying this is, is this like collective, uh, aggregate pain body within Asian American men that were like, we're basically just all injured, all hurt. Right. We're like, uh, we were like, um, you know, when you got an animal kind of like crouched in, in injured and cornered that we're right. going to lash out. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, no, uh, you know, this happened like when I called out Celeste Eng's tweets, um, those, those reprehensible tweets about how, uh, you know, she, she, she simply cannot find Asian men, uh, attractive, which look, I'm not saying that she needs to, I really don't care. I'm just saying, don't tweet that. That's not an acceptable thing to say in public, particularly to a largely white audience, which she has, right? And when I pointed that out, like one of her friends came in and, and I think this was the perfect classic response that, that I'm talking about is, who hurt you? I'm sorry that that happened to you. Who hurt you? And it's just this flipping of, a, a, you know, what's an obvious mm-hmm. social transgression onto me as if like, well, I, I, must be, I must be like one of these you know, eunuched Asian men who are just lashing out because I can't get laid. Well, that sort of really that's, qu- that's a gaslighting that happens. Right. And it's like every time an Asian male shows anger, it's immediately tied to this, you know, collective fantasy of a Asian American pain body from yeah, which and- all of our grievance, you know, derives. And what we really want to do, you know, revenge mm-hmm. fantasy against Asian women because of all the centuries well, of yeah, built-up pain. Yeah, and Tien, that, that relates to a question I wanted to ask Ray. So, Ray, you're, at, you're saying, and please jump in and correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're trying to argue that um, the fear of Asian male anger stems from the fact that our reactions have always been to the hypocrisy of the situation and not a reaction to the underlying unfairness or uh, injustice. Well, that's well, happened. Not, not not only that. I think that's that's like one. What? That's example. one reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One absolutely. one example, right? So, um, when it comes to like the 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 white man, Asian, you know, female, or you know, WMAF issue, right? Um, and also, you know, what Tina's talking about with Celeste and and her tweets about not being able to make, uh, not a- being able to find Asian men attractive, right? How how would you? say men should react to the underlying unfairness, untruth, injustice of that statement. Because in the past, you know, if men say, you know, dude, that's just not true, you know, it, uh, that's that's like a horrible thing to say, we get, you know, we get gaslit in the way that teen, uh, you know, stated where we're like, who hurt you? 
I totally think there right. is gaslighting. I totally uh, think there is gaslighting. But so my question is like, how so, how is how are we supposed to respond to the uh, injustice without you know how are we supposed what, to do that? Uh, and I just want to interject here. I I don't just to what Mark said. I don't think that there is injustice at all in uh, Celeste Eng never dating Asian guys because she can't find them attractive because she thinks she's related to all of them. There is no injustice in that. There's no underlying problem with that. The problem was that. She feels free to say this uh, to a white audience on public Twitter as sure. if there's nothing wrong with saying that. I mean, there's just certain aspects of like expressing that openly, which I think is a problem. I think she should internalize that. I think that's something that she should internalize and keep quiet and deal with privately so, versus sure. you know, expressing it out in public. And I think the anger is, you know, is about that. The anger is not that... You know, people don't have a shot with <laughs> Celeste Eng. I don't think. Well, no, care about that's that. not, not. No, my point is more that you know, if it's no, 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 I know, but racial, I'm saying if in, it's a racial preference, then it's a racial preference, right? And yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is the underlying issue of racial preference to me is not the problem. Right. Sure, it's the ways in which we're not. You know, it's the ways in which these things are suddenly become like totally fine for her to tweet out, and the second someone raises an issue with it, it's not the. It's not the. <laughs> transgression of saying right, it it's right. not the fact that what you said is completely fucked up and, so yeah i, I, I don't want to no seem like in... we're piling up on race so i, I just you no. know ray i Wait, just wanted to ask you know that's actually hilarious because i actually think there is transgression in saying that i do think it's racist in saying that so it's it's funny that i would actually come down and penalize that harder despite me being sort of the more i don't know moderating mm. view on this but <laughs> uh, anyway yeah but my question so, you know so anyway hold on sorry, hold on so ray to answer your question about like why there isn't um, why people aren't speaking out against the the hammer homicide? Um, I think it's large. My opinion is that it's largely kind of settled. The guy's been caught. It's pretty clear what you know where it was clearly a homicide. The guy's motives are are clearly racial. I think if there's one place to sort of speak out against, it's that it's not being reported as a hate crime. And kind of already being framed as this uh, mental illness issue. I think that's one thing that I would personally get upset about when it, it's very clearly a hate crime. Um, maybe when it comes down to that person's sentencing and we feel that the sentencing is not, uh, not just, you know, then I could see an opportunity for, for something. But I mean, as it is now, like other than just getting angry that Asian Americans, are being targeted for violence i i'm not so sure what there is to talk about like this yeah, is so sort I, of i do i i want to i want to agree here and i do want to separate out the the chin case even more because that's exactly what happened so the real galvanizing happened after mm -hmm. the sentencing it wasn't really just the fact that it was super fucked up and it was a targeting of a Chinese person in, uh, in a racialized manner when the when the the killer thought he was japanese because right. there was anti-Japanese sentiment during the, 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 the gas crisis. It wasn't that. It was the idea that the, the killers got off scotch-free, a little bit of probation, uh, a penalization in the amount of a used car. It was like two or $3,000, and it was nothing. Right. It right. was that that really galvanized people. <laughs> it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't just the killing. And so I, I do think I want to, again, and again, I, I just want to emphasize, like, Someone asked, "What was the uh, what was the learnings of the the Chin case?" It was hmm. Pan Asian unity. Like I I hope that that people that Koreans, Japanese, you know, Indians, whatever, uh, we're all talking about this as an Asian American issue. We're not talking about, about an anti Chinese issue that who cares about. 
we're talking yeah. about as an Asian American issue. And yeah, I would hope. Yeah. And, which, which I, I just quickly interjecting here, just to, to riff on that point, Casey, which, who's been on our pods before, had pointed out appropriately that uh, these the men who were killed were actually Malaysian. Whereas the guy yeah, was Malaysian looking for Chinese, Chinese men. Think, yeah. So does that ring a bell, right? Obviously it does. I think I thought that was a very yeah. insightful tweet because Vincent Chin was mistaken uh, for a Japanese American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. It's also, I kind of found it interesting that he went over, he, he specifically, he managed to target the owner, the chef, and the manager. When undoubtedly there were plenty of like, I mean, I'm glad they weren't targeted, but uh, I'm sure there were plenty of just ordinary Asian male customers. Like what? It's in, I, I don't know. Is it just sheer coincidence that this guy happens to to take out arguably like uh, the top three most responsible people yeah. in the restaurant? It seems very no suspicious. Idea. Yeah, I, no <laughs> I mean, I you know this is a rhetorical question. Obviously, obviously he targeted mm-hmm. them, but like uh, I don't know. It's just um, anyway. The I guess hypocrisy I, that I see here that that really angers me is basically. Someone like Jen Feng, you know, if you boil down what she's saying, I mean, she threw a lot of words at it, but if you boil down what she's saying, what she's saying is as bad as this murder was, don't let it co-opt or, or uh, sully my life's work around Asian American feminism. And that was unprompted, meaning no one had said anything. It was her own recognition of the connection between the need for a white man to act as a savior of Asian women against um, pervasive social assumptions of Asian misogyny that triggered a connection between that murder and her life's work. And I think the, the need to use, you know, to be proactively defensive in the face of this kind of incident is another example of why I do think that there are things that are labeled Asian American feminism which need to be questioned and challenged. And it is not coming from a place of, you know, deep historical anger at being emasculated. It's not coming from, you know, the caged animal which has never been allowed to touch a, a woman or whatever. That's utter bullshit. It's coming from uh, a fundamentally corrupt narrative um, in which, you know, people are rewarded for talking up and accentuating uh, what, you know, the accepting the projection of, you know, I think what is American and white misogyny to say that whatever we have, it's far worse in communities of color. And I see the same thing being used against black men now too. Oh, and yeah. people need to speak up about it and they're justified in being angry and, and angry about it. And people do need, like... To use, you know, opportunities like if we, this podcast or whatever to say, no, this is something that you should be angry about. I think you should, I think you should go out and listen to what Frank Chins has, has written about this kind of thing or, or whatever and not be afraid to question something simply because it's been labeled Asian American feminism. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the white egalitarian knighthood myth needs to be challenged. I totally agree. But again, back to the sort of injustice versus hypocrisy ratio. Let me flip the question. Are we, as Asian men, Ray, mm-hmm. Teen, Jong, Mark, ready to make this issue, the hammer killing, a Asian American issue writ large, instead of waiting on and, and, and harping on the imperfect responses of people? Yeah, no. I think that it's just part, I think it's just part of, uh, 
I think it's part of it. I think it's just another, to me, it was just showing how fucked up it is that it would over, like, that there would be an, that an Asian American feminist writer like Jen Feng would turn the topic, the, you know, back towards this, this, this uh, you know, the defensive posture of the narrative, the same way that she took the Elliot Roger murder of three Asian men back towards this narrative of toxic Asian masculinity. All roads lead back to what is wrong with Asian men yeah, so in Asian can, American can, feminism can of that brand. I'm not said? saying... What's that? Can someone send me what she said? I'm, I'm actually really unfamiliar with what the response has been. And so, yeah, you guys are much more familiar. Oh, with, than you mean about Roger or about the hammer attack? The hammer attack. Well, the hammer attack, like I said, it was a series of tweets in which she was saying that, you know, these murders should not be allowed uh, to, you know, in any way to sully the, uh, the or what she said, the co-optation of Asian American women's body politics, meaning that... She was anticipating that there would be people who, like, I guess me, that would use this murder to kind of attack her, right? But I was just watching what she was saying. Like, this, she made that connection sort of almost immediately. Because anytime you see um, this sort of, like, really iffy relationship between Asian men, white men, and Asian women and the sort of white saviorism and the ways in which this like, you know, narrative of misogynistic Asian men really feeds into that and that's how that's a problem. You know, she should be defensive about it. Wait, 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 but right? I mean, can you respond to my flipping the question? Like, what are we gonna do about it as Asian American men in making this an Asian American issue? Sure, that, the that, that's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. And this is the problem that I had with our first pod about anger is why do we need a plan of action? Why do we need to have, like, what are we going to do about it? And until you can articulate a plan of action, shut the fuck up. So that's different. See, that, so that to me is the capping of the anger that I have a problem with is until you have a plan of action, you don't have a right to be angry about it. No, you do have a and, right and to I, be I just, angry about it. But I just think one should take precedence over the other. It's, well, it's, I, it's, like that's you duality. Mean, you, I, that, that either means that you can be angry or you can't. No, right? no. I, so, I am a proponent of duality, right? Okay. You can I'm be angry about a, it, but like it should, it should eclipse like this whole like response to hypocrisy thing. Okay, so then... I'm a proponent simply of this, that there is a, there's a certain amount of... There's a large force field around the topic of Asian American feminism and the ways in which it aligns with, with the white narrative of Asian men as inherently misogynist, and that that is a valid thing to be angry about, and you don't need a plan of action. You don't have to... Um, how do I put this? You have a right to be angry about it, plain and simple. And I think that a lot of the suppressing narrative has been around trying to gaslight that anger as a, as a, as a signal of an inner misogyny and, you know, you know, an inner, an internalization of emasculation and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's nonsense. So I, it's nonsense. Yeah. Angry, like Asian men should be angry about this issue period but i'm not sure if i have seen many people who are like let's say there's an outspoken asian guy and then someone saying oh well no this is really about asian men being misogynist i don't see the gaslighting over this particular issue is there a gaslighting elsewhere totally but send me send me the gaslighting yeah i think it's been pretty clear i mean i, I it, the gaslighting comes up if you want to first of all it's the it's the initial defense it's the initial understanding that 
that this is a th- this murder is a problem for her because it's st- it's starting to undermine the things that she's it's starting to put a negative spin on the things that she's been trying to push right which is steering every conversation back into the hearts and minds of asian men and what's wrong with us right and so i think that there was an initial defensiveness around this and i think right now if you want to go out and you want to start talking about the ways in which this murder is connected to that narrative you will be pushed back against like that that is not that's a very out of bounds thing to say right now in my opinion look i don't i'd like to for that to not be true and if people are out there saying that and everyone's like, yeah, that's kind of true, then fine. But I guarantee you that's not going to be the case. People are going to say that that's a really unfair thing to say of you know, politicizing someone's murder, of using it to advance your own male agenda and all this stuff. And I'm like, got it, got it. this is every time an Asian guy gets killed, this is what happens. So I th- actually think there's Same something thing here. Same thing with Rogers. I, I, I think there's something here. I, I, I don't know what kind of history y'all have. But I'm just reading this tweet now. That thank you, Mark, for sending me it. Um, yeah, yeah. Did, there's a lot more. The tweet, the the thread is like eight tweets along. So I, I don't, she I don't said know it was. You, a, she said it was a racist, patriarchal, white savior fantasy fueled murder spree. And I guess mm-hmm. my, the question is: Is that enough for you? I and and I'm not no, saying I'm not saying not. that should should be enough for you. I, I'm saying explicitly. No, it's do not. No, expect and, and her to say it, that this is an Asian male specific thing and point out that no. I expect I expect there to be valid you know conversation around the degree to which a narrative pushed by a wing of Asian American feminists contributes to this kind of to this kind of thing. Where did he get this idea? Where did it come from? Right. It's it's you know what I mean like Oh, I see. I, I see. I think, and, and as another example of this, I don't know if you're familiar with Jared Haw. Um but he was assaulted by some like drunk frat boy or football player or something. And the football player justified his assault by claiming that he thought Jared Haw was being the aggressor towards other women. Um, that's that kind of attitude is definitely, uh, I'm going to say it, it's it, the narrative that Asian men are inherently misogynistic, et cetera, et cetera. That narrative, I think, definitely contributed to that guy's attitude of asian men uh and perhaps oh, for if, sure you know if perhaps if that narrative weren't there uh maybe I, I don't think that's the conclusion that this guy would have jumped to but he uh he certainly it seems that he wanted a reason to be able to jump in there and be everybody's savior uh and so that's what he settled on turns out he was totally wrong and thankfully jared haw was exonerated but he still suffered quite a bit from that yeah, this gets this back to the core issue of responsibility, right? And I, I totally agree. The white egalitarian knighthood myth is totally fucked up. People need to push back against this this idea that we are backwards and oppressive. But and but do you think that it, do you think well, that where does it come from? Right, 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 right. Hey, so, but okay. it comes. Well, we from know. Supremacy. Well, no, hold on. Totally we agree. we know where we know where it comes. No, from. No, it comes. No, it, yeah. Okay, yeah, it comes from supremacy. But guess who feeds into right. it? Right. But who? But it's who is contributing like, towards? I have, I, there's no being it. around the bush. It's a lot of it's a wing of Asian American uh, activists and writers and things who have been fixated on this topic. And they I, and this is this is it's been pointed out for generations, but you cannot. It just like it's it's something that's just not allowed to see in the light of day. And I think there is a lot of anger built up around this because of the hypocrisy, because it's a completely valid topic of discussion. The killer basically prompted the discussion himself, and it was like <laughs> headed off into this direction of oh, this is an expression of white male supremacy, of course. But where does it come from? Uh, Ray, are you familiar with the uh, the study that was done? With second generation, I think I want to say it was Japanese 
and Vietnamese women, maybe Korean and Vietnamese women, about their perceived, uh, their their attitudes towards uh, Asian men versus white men. Yeah, the Pike study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and, and I don't. So then you probably recall that many of these women actually never had any substantial romantic relationship or substantial re- uh, interactions of this type with the men that they were judging. And well, yet I, I, somehow, I'm, I'm sure and, and some... yet, and yet, and yet somehow they settled on this conclusion that Asian men were statistically more likely to, to hold these, these views, despite not having had I any agree. personal experience. I, I mean, what the fuck is that, dude? Is like, what, I, like, totally, I feel totally. like that's all there. I, I feel like that's all that really needs to be said, uh, in, in making, in staking out the position that there are Asian American women who perpetuate this narrative that harms Asian American men. Look, have Asian, some Asian American women uh, perpetuated this? Totally. But the reason why I attribute it to supremacy is that this is an issue in all people oh, of color. Okay, fine. Then, then you know what? Of then, course. Then, Ray, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, there are some Asian American men who contribute towards misogyny, but it's, it's, I'm really just going to point to white supremacy. I mean, like, like, is that a fucking useful response? It's not. It's definitely not a useful response. Oh, you mean like a not all men response? Not yeah, basic, basically. Or it's not our men. fault. It's supremacy makes us that way. I mean, sure, sure. But like, again, back to this, why are we so, so like, it just seems like the ratios are completely off. Why, why aren't we talking about the actual central issue here like because these guys feel like they're getting fucking backstabbed man that's why quite honestly well i think it is the central issue the killer's own stated motive that's it i know now if motive is not central to the crime then i don't know what is i mean do we have to talk about you know the brutality of hammers do we have to talk about like how asian american men should probably arm themselves more which may be true what do we what, what do we talk about or do we just mourn like, what, what exactly do you mean, why right. can't we talk about the crime? I am talking about the crime. I'm talking about the self-professed motive of the killer and how that was even recognized by Asian-American feminist writers as deeply connected to the narrative that Asian-American feminist writers have been pushing for generations. Is that a problem? Yes, it is. Is it inherently misogynistic to bring that up? That's the issue. I think that's the issue. I don't think, is, I don't think it is. Are there things that you can't bring up because of a fear of Asian... It's almost like the, 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 the myth perpetuates itself in that an Asian, an Asian guy even speaking up about it is just further proof that, the, that it's true. Absolutely. It's a double bind. Right? And you know what really, what really kind, of, kind of pisses me off is that the Asian guys who bring this up are usually have a lot of Asian women in their lives, right? Like it's not like they're... It's not like these guys are angry at Asian women writ large. I think it's about what the narrative being pushed by a wing of a, of a social justice movement has to say about us. And, it, and because it's, it's really talking about us, about men, there's not this incentive for women to speak up about it. Even though, in my experience, most Asian women, the great majority of them, think this narrative is bullshit. But they just don't, it doesn't, it doesn't target them the way it targets us. Right. There's another side to this that does target them, which is the, oh, the hypersexualization, and they are victims of that. But that's a di- that's that's a different thing than this. They're related, but I think it's our fi- it's it's just the amount of how do I put this? You're we're just not allowed to be angry about it, and if you are, someone's going to call you a misogynist because 
I mean, where are you it, directing it, the anger? You know what? I'm directing hey, hey, it I'm, at a structure. So uh, that I'm going to jump basically... in. I want to jump in here, Ray, because you know what? My anger isn't even always fucking. It's not honestly most of the time. It's not even directed towards. Uh, I'm not even going to say that it's directed towards like women. It's typically directed towards individuals. But you know what? Growing up, like what? So I was seven years old, and I was a misogynistic Asian male at that age. And when I'm being told to calm down or quiet down because I'm angry about something, I was directing at the wrong person. Like I, what I like, what me personally, just you know, on a personal level, what I get incensed about, or like why this topic is such uh, an emotionally loaded one for me, is because. Most of the times that I have been angry about something and I've tried to express it, I was shut down and I'm pretty fucking sure I was directing it at the right person. And yet, despite that, I was shut down. So I find your your claim that we're directing I, and that isn't to say that some people are definitely fucking out of pocket. There are a lot of assholes out. You fucking assholes out there. You're out of pocket and you're directing it towards the wrong people. So fucking check yourselves. But there are also perfectly legitimate there are perfectly legitimate cases of anger that I don't think are misdirected and yet are shut down. And I, I, I don't know. Like, what about that? I, you know? I, I mean, I, think I, I don't sorry, disagree ahead, with that. Right. I don't disagree. Again, I said Asian men, I think. So then, so right then, so then why, what is, I, I, I almost feel like this is a red herring. Like, it's, you, you know, we're talking about anger getting shut down. And then it's like, what, show you what? What the fuck is there to show you? Show, show me where Asian men are being like using specifically this issue. I don't, I don't, I don't know what happened when you were twelve, dude. But like, no, I, I like, find that I think that's fucking bullshit. I think that's a bullshit ass position to be like, hey, uh, you have to show me where Asian men are expressing their anger appropriately before I will revise my position. That's fucking bullshit. I just this is a, I this, just is, this is this is the narrative that has been pushed on about this issue. This is a narrative that has been put. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we're talking okay. about it. So, but I think yeah. this is and, and, we're and, and, and this is this is okay. Now, further to this issue of like, what the fuck are we going to do about this? Yeah. Right. This is what I think is missing. I don't think the problem is Asian male anger. Okay. I think the problem is individuated, individualized anger that cannot connect to something of collective anger. Mm-hmm. I agree with and that. I agree with that. Yeah. The fear. I think the fundamental fear is that if we do allow there to be collective Asian male anger. It's just going to be... Uh, directed towards... It's just going to be directed towards Asian women. And I, and I just don't think that's true because a lot of the stuff that's being expressed by Asian men, how many Asian women have actually said, I'm glad you said it? Tons. Because the, the, you know, this narrative is about... You know, it's, it's really a, a, a misrepresentation of Asian culture writ large. It's not really just about Asian men. You can't get half of it wrong and say I got the other half right. And I think that what... I think the fear of collective Asian male anger is something that ties us to the rest of society, the ways in which other groups are prevented from expressing or creating any sense of collective anger because it's disruptive and it's dangerous to the status quo. And we have learned, because we're such a docile race in this country, we have learned to fear our own collective anger. And we've changed the topic from you know, justified uh, anger in terms of what we see in society, what we see around us and how we're treated into, you know, a gaslit narrative of we've been victimized for so long that we can no longer be trusted, right? We've been emasculated so thoroughly that we simply cannot be trusted 
uh, to take any sort of position of, you know, uh, of taking a stand for myself. Uh, because this is all rooted in um, a desire to own the women we were never allowed to be with or something like this. And, you know, the Dr. Jane Park version of things. This is, I think, a real fucking problem. Because unless you're allowed to form a sense of collective anger, and think about it. Think about Asian American men and what we are really are in this society. Is it really a fear that Asian American men are going to turn into some, you know, unruly mob? No, I think we have totally legitimate claims, you know, things to be angry about. And what I'm talking about here in terms of the ways in which our, you know, the highest levels of our representation with respect to, you know, pretty much white society has been dominated by a false narrative. It's something that goes back for a long time. I think it's fundamentally a problem for us because that is the, the, the narrative is exactly what keeps us from forming any collective sense of anger, right? Because we're f it, it's just telling us mm -hmm. to be fearful of it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's where I stand is like, I think we need to start getting comfortable with being collectively angry about this stuff. Again, I am on 100% team anger here's, over equanimity. But again, it's mm -hmm. about where it's being directed. I think, okay, you know what? I think this would be a better I, 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 response. I, I claim that we should direct it directly at this narrative. I, we, we need to start really disassembling and tearing down the public facade that, and I don't want to say it's only Asian American women. Asian American men have been doing this too. It's not about a gender. It's about a narrative that's being pushed. I totally agree. And the problem mm -hmm. is we can, we can tear down the men. But, like, but the, the women are protected by a sense of, by a sense that if you go after them, that that is really rooted in misogyny. And that is the problem, is that they're out of, they're off limits. The, what they're saying and what they're doing is off limits. And I think people should just forget that and just say, be clear about what you're angry about. And I think that that's what we should do. That's our responsibility is to point out what it is that gets people angry. I think the narrative itself has been really, really a big problem for everyone. But what I... what I, We should be clear about that. The, the perseveration over like these focal targets, Jen Fang. Like, I don't, I never understood it. I never understood. I, I you know, and I don't know what history do y'all have, but mm -hmm. I've never None. heard I don't her. have any history with her. I'm but, just basing it on what I read yeah, about I, what yeah, she says exactly. about things. I've never it's, heard it's her say, I've never heard her say something about like how Read Asian it. men are more, uh, more like backwards or oppressive. I've never you heard read, her say You have you to read, read her. Read, read, read the article that she wrote about Elliot Roger and how the that the, that entire thing was turned back in see what happens is every time this happens if it's like three asian guys that get murdered somehow the narrative is turned so that you end up back in your own head the problem is asian toxic masculinity that was the lesson that she drew from the elliot roger murder of three asian men that's a problem you see it's not that she's it's not that i find her so offensive it's that I find the, the narrative, the actual explanation that she's giving to be seriously problematic. So when you ask me a question like, what's your history with her? That's the gaslighting. It's like, oh, it must be something personal. No, I don't care who she is. I don't, I don't have any history no, with no, her. No, no, I, I, I read meant, what she I wrote, what, and what it's a problem. You, I, you know? I meant, what did you read? I, I don't mean like I, some kind the, of personal history. I'm talking about the Elliot Roger uh, incident and then her tweets about this hammer attack. So let's talk about All that. Let's, let's talk about back. the Elliot Roger incident. You're like specifically... The response that you wanted to have is this idea that um, he was incensed at this idea that he was half white and 
that would give him privilege over these full Asian men. Is that right? Is that is that is that what's incensed? The the narrative the narrative there, yes, was that he was actually okay. The connection that she made was that his his behavior is consistent with the you know is is the red flag for this this um Asian American male effort to reclaim our own masculinity and that what he was doing was the sort of the end was would be the sort of logical conclusion of this sort of effort one I don't think that's the effort I don't think the effort is about reclaiming our masculinity second I don't know what that has to do with him he was a white supremacist so the, the entire thing just made no sense. And I, I think it's this constant need to remold every story. This is, the, this is the way I think of it. Look at the story. Look at the response. Where does it end up? It always ends up back inside the mind, of the, mind and heart yep. of the Asian male. You could also, what's wrong with him? You could also throw in uh, Holt's Claw as an example of that. The, the guy was uh, half, yeah. half Asian. He identified with his white side fully. Um, and yet it was about toxic Asian male masculinity. Somehow, yeah, th- I, de- I definitely think there is something interesting here, and I think that m- my question is for us Asian men: Would our response be different if she had said there is something not racialized, but about patriarchy writ large that destroys men when you, they see someone? You know what I would have liked having no, you know, no, that's a complete bullshit explanation because that whole crime was inherently racialized, right? And that's so that's that's wanna, the thing that if you want to remove that, race from that crime, it's not going to happen. Wait, wait, wait. How is it racialized? Sorry, and this is where I actually just forget stuff. Oh, he 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 had racialized the entire murder, right? He said Asian men were disgusting. He was half white, and he deserved better. He was disgusted by the fact that Asian men even had girlfriends. Um, he was out looking to kill Asian men and white women. So, but but the, but the wait, thing. hold on. There's... And he wrote an entire racial manifesto about it. I mean, there's no question that it was a racialized crime. So, if if the response was to say like, oh no no no, and this is kind of where she was going with this was, well, if you really tease it out, you know, Asian guys who are uh, you know talking about masculinity and stuff that they're pretty much Elliot Rogers in the making. If you really think about it, no, that's not true <laughs> at all. But that was the conclusion of the article, um, and and I find that. If someone is willing, if a Gen Feng is willing to put that out into the public, she deserves, you know, the 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 response, right? If you're putting stuff out into the public realm, you're kind of fishing for a response, and I think the response is that's bullshit. And and in general, I th- I personally, I would like it acknowledged that Asian American men were targeted, were the intended victims. Um, in in the case of Fang's recent tweet, she just. Labeled that, them as yeah. Asian Americans, uh, Asian American that lives. That was part of yeah. And, I agree. And, and one of the one of the my... one of the victims' own mothers had said it was it was it, you know it was a result of that family that fucked up his fucked up Asian mother who who subscribed into the, all these white supremacist ideas. She said it herself. So I'm actually oh. reading the piece now, and I mean she al- she also does talk in full detail about how he used the term as lowly, full blooded Asian men, blah blah blah. And I, I guess my question is. I understand that we have perf- imperfect leaders, but I also hear simultaneously different things, you know, like, oh, well, Jen Fang doesn't represent us. Okay, so why this fixation? What, there's, I mean, because... Asian America is so big. There's so many things happening. Yes, but what narrative has dominated? That's my question. It's that narrative. It's her narrative. I, I think, Ray, that you're, you're assuming that I'm saying there's... she's I... part of a tradition. She's part of I a think you're also assuming back. that there's equal access to to platform. 
Like, yes, there hey, is a on, big know, world like, out there. Without going into specifics, without going into specifics, we know that people have handed her keys to, uh, you know, the um, the ability to represent Asian Americans that have now regretted it. Why? Why I mean, are some people know, given? I, why I are know, some people I'm, given I'm blue checks aware. on Twitter and other people aren't? Like people, there are individuals who are controlling who gets platforms and who doesn't. That's why it's not a fair fucking playing field, bro. I mean, I, I agree that Asian American men are not being represented well, writ large, totally. But the fixation on these focal leaders is kind of, I don't know. I don't like, think it's a fixation. I think those are the only ones that are out there that, that are you're within. You're making it a fixation. This is the bullshit again. It's like this, it's, it's as if there's a fixation on her as an individual. It's not. It's a fixation on the narrative that they keep pushing. And she's the one I think that really in many ways, and I think Celeste has the same, you know, a lot of these women have the same thing. They're pushing a very similar narrative, which is I can demean Asian men all I want. I can, I can make, basically put everything back onto this toxic Asian masculinity and kind of explain everything through that. And if you fight against that narrative, it's because you're defending Asian male misogyny. I, and so this, the idea that I'm that that I or anyone else am fixating on a particular individual's bullshit because I, I don't I don't know her I don't well, like I've well, never met I, her I've never talked to her when I ask for examples it's always like two or three women which is insane there's so many things happening in Asian America yeah but what gets what what narrative dominates see what I'm saying it's not about her if we if the if the if the if the question is can we can we name all of them? Okay, no, let's go. No, do no, it. that's totally. But what fucked. I'm saying is no, the, no, no, the no, no, narrative no. dominates. That is bullshit. Okay, okay. What okay. Who, what what right, this, right? who, who else is so. out there? I think that's a widely accepted narrative. No, no. What I'm saying is what gets signal in Asian America? What are people talking mm -hmm. about? I, I hear very few people talking about Elliot Roger out honestly outside of Asian men. Period. And that and that doesn't say that doesn't say anything. That doesn't say anything to you. Oh, that says a lot. That doesn't say anything. That says a lot. Three Asian dudes were killed. And the only explanation, the only thing that gets print, gets said about it either is it wasn't racial. Like if you go into the mainstream media reports about it, they they don't treat that as a racialized crime. It's not a hate crime. No, in fact, yeah. they they right. focus though, on the white victims. The intention was to go after Asian men. And if you poll, if you and, the, and I disagree with you, if you actually go online and really dig into it, it's a huge topic of discussion. And a lot of people say Asian men online are basically. Elliot Rogers in training. So I totally agree that this does not get the bandwidth that it deserves. People should talk about it. More people should talk about it. But what? Right. But you're I presuming you're presuming that if somebody why... wants to talk about it, that they're gonna that they're gonna get equal bandwidth on it. You you keep saying like, well, who's talking about? How come I haven't seen other people talk about it? How do you know that people aren't talking about it? They're just not getting elevated. They're just not getting the reach exactly. that other okay, people so... are given. Yeah, that, that this might be my ignorance. Talk about. People. I don't think there's a fixation on Jen Fang. I don't think there's a fixation on Celeste thing. I'm just saying, it, they, if you look at some of the things that they've said uh, in public, if you push back on it, look at what happens. So look at the look at what comes back if you push back on it. So Jong, what what uh who who has talked about it in like a really great way and you feel represented? This is a what? real question. I'm not saying they don't exist. Who? This is a real question. As as far as I know, I I I can't think of anybody who has been given a that has a significant platform that I have been able to find on my own. And perhaps that isn't to say that there aren't people out there, but I think it does speak to who gets the mic and who doesn't. And that's my point. That's that's my pushback with your question of like, well, who is talking about it? How come we're not hearing other people talk about it? Whether well, or not that I, those I, people I are out there or not, I don't. As I, an apologist. 
But <laughs> no, Jen no. Fang has a mic because she started talking. And same thing with whatever, Angry Asian Man. They, they started talking about it through their blog. Like there is no nepotism happening. And they, and they talk about a variety of issues, much like Plan A does. And I think that's why I, also why Plan A is... Uh, it's, it's not about nepotism. Nobody said anything about nepotism. I think, I think the reason that they were... Everyone has a blog. I think the reason that they were... that they, I don't know about Angry Asian Man. But I think that the avoidance of a certain topic, the avoidance of discussing um, the, 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 the specific types of racism beyond emasculation, but the specific ways in which Asian men are thrown under the bus by our own, including men, but also women, but women, like I said, have more protection in doing it. I don't disagree. Okay. I, so I that don't is a topic that. that's... All right, how about yeah. this? We, I, we know I, that's Albert... That's a topic saying, that's avoided. I'm saying and I don't why, care what came before. I really don't care. What, my saying, point is that why if, you, ha- if you why try and say that, there's pushback. Okay, so I'm not disagreeing mm-hmm. with what you just said. I'm disagreeing with mm-hmm. the premise that she is famous because she hates Asian men or something like that. Oh, I didn't no, say that. That's not, I, I never said that. She, I don't even think she's famous. Her blog is really good because yeah. it has incredible political coverage. She does but talk about things. But that's not my problem. Okay, my okay, problem okay. is the, the, the good stuff that she's doing. Yeah, right? so, I'm so not why, she do any good why stuff. demand perfection? Why? We're not demanding perfection. I'm not demanding perfection. I'm, de- I'm saying that this topic deserves, it deserves more uh, discussion. It, de- it deserves more daylight. And it's the narrative that that I've seen her push every time this thing comes up, which is problematic. We care about. So I'm not about, demanding perfection. We care I'm not about saying things. that there's anything. Also, why is it that. why is it being characterized as demanding perfection if we if somebody were to have criticisms over somebody's article? Like why why is that? Oh, oh. why is it why is it I being mean, characterized? I mean, yeah, she's as trying such? to shut down criticism. That's like another thing. But and, well, and, but t- the and, idea and tell me that if, if any of this has shaded you. into a personal attack on her. None of it is. I'm I'm specifically talking about what she's written about a topic, her, her views on a topic. So this, I, I, again, I think it shades back into this idea that there's a, there's a personal aspect to this or something I'm not, like that. No, I'm, not I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that It's about all. a specific thing that was said, a position that was taken. And I think that's perfectly fine for can criticism you, can you as well as anger. that on key focal issues, the people who have the mic don't have mm-hmm. it right. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. And, and what is the response to that? that You're people- saying it's fine. I'm saying that for, a, for the reality out there is that it's not fine, right? Because if you express that, it, it comes back to kind of where you were headed. And I, think, I don't think you were doing that intentionally, but I think that that is kind of the common reaction is, what do you have against these people? Well, it's right. not that I have anything against these people. I have, against, I have a thing against the things that they say. And I also- So that's, the, that's, that's what I'm trying to point out. I, I think and I think, I think too that there are people- I think, I think there are people. Bi- Sorry. Okay. Go <laughs> ahead. Go, go ahead. Go. Okay. No, no, just no, real no. quick. I, 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 real quick. I think that there are people who are talking about this and speaking about it. Uh, I mean, look, like we could point out Albert Her. Everybody. Every. I mean, most people that are kind of uh, in our circles and in our space in, in the spaces we inhabit are familiar with who that is, right? He's been talking about Asian American issues. He's very educated about our history, the political uh, sort of the political constructs and the political context. Um, he's been talking about it for a long time, and yet, what is the number one reason that people won't support him? I mean, yeah, he can be a dick. He can certainly be an asshole. Uh, but most often than not, it's like, oh, well, he's too angry. He, he talks in a way that makes me feel comfortable. Or he, uh, he harbors misogynistic attitudes. 
Well, you know what? Here's a guy wait, that wait, has that's been true though. That I mean, that's I, I'm not gonna well, I'm not gonna well, go into that discussion now. But my point here is is that there are what like couldn't couldn't we say well you know that's an imperfect response by him. Shouldn't shouldn't we just give him a little bit of leeway? But you know he's had a plat. He's been trying to build a platform. He's like been on Twitter. He's been banned from Twitter. Like I present him as an example of somebody who has made a lot of effort uh, towards informing or speaking out about an issue, but somehow hasn't been able to get a platform together. Right? Like yeah, and you're I, making look, the claim and, that and there John, aren't that there aren't met, you know that there aren't people out there who are are talking about this and that Fang and company and those people are only there. Are, are partially there because they are the ones that happen to be talking about it. I'm saying that there are plenty of people that are talking about it that are not being given the opportunity because it doesn't go along. It doesn't play nicely with the narrative that people are trying to push. No, it's not. It's not that though. It's it's her blog is popular because of stuff she talks about outside of Asian American men. How, if, how do you how do you know that? How do you know that? How the fuck that? do you know that? Really though, like I see that's that's shared. I see no that's shared. that's and, that's and an easy claim her, to make. I read her blog. Okay, but but what but what what difference does it make why she, why her blog's popular? I'm talking about a specific thing that she says consistently, along with a lot of Asian American feminist writers that they say consistently, which a lot of feminists of color say consistently about men of the same race. And I think the reason that they're that that is elevated, I think, is here's the thing. Maybe she's popular for other reasons, but I'll tell you what: there are people who are disqualified because of their position on that. That's the difference. Right, it's not necessarily oh why is she popular, but it's also the question of why isn't she banned? Why wasn't she shut down? And I think that if you go against that narrative, you're not going to get the opportunity. And I think when it comes to someone like Albert, who um, is a very angry guy, I think the I think the reaction of running away from that anger and saying like okay, well, uh, ooh, look, right? I, I, this is, is this the is wrong. Like- I think this conversation, I think that, this this framework is absurd because yeah. he has used the N word. He's done like ridiculous stuff. He's he's right and like no, I'm not defending. I, what I'm saying is, I'm not even expressed my framework. I'm saying that what hap- what needs to you cannot let people monopolize anger. That's the problem. The problem is when everyone sits back and lets like one person express kind of what they want him to express. People need to. Not be afraid of the topic. And I think there's reason people are afraid of the topic. I agree. Because there's I a, totally agree. There, there is a barrier around this topic. And that's why I am, to a degree, quite fixated on this topic. Because it's the one topic you can't talk about. But, but right? I would, I, so I agree with all that. But I think the way forward, perhaps there will be some pushback, is that we do have to own <laughs> our history. <laughs> you know, we have to well, own I, our history. We have to own our Frank Chins. The fact that he, like, essentially disqualified well, well, women to be in the movement. We have to own the well, fact that, like, like there's, we just have a, a, a racialized gender war history. But again, you know, I think that why, needs to be why, fleshed out a little bit. But yeah, why are we the only ones that need to cons- confront? I'm not our again. History? I'm not saying this is the responsibility of solely Asian men, but I'm saying this is but the response that we. I'm not saying you do. are okay. saying that, Ray. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm not going to accept a. I'm not going to accept a list of like homework items that people have to do before they can get angry. I think there are there there are things about there 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 just simply is grounds to be angry because of the ways in which men of color and this goes way beyond just asian men okay um and and this is something that we've confirmed i think a lot with speaking Mm -hmm. to uh black men about the same issue is that there is a, a need i think a generalized need 
to keep the you know the specific issues that affect men of color to be sort of suppressed I because think- those issues are not compatible with a certain dynamic that exists between white gatekeepers and women of color. I, I think that and I think be- that there is a gendered aspect to this that needs to be unpacked, but men are not allowed to talk about gender. I think if Asian at least American not when men, it comes to women. If Asian American men want to talk about gendered racism by themselves, we have total right to do that. But and here's where we might differ because I do believe that coalition and allyship is a contract. But if they are going to speak for this as a grievance for the Asian American community as a whole, I do think that there are some things that Asian American men, the the Asian American male grievance narrative does have to check some boxes, period. That's different than saying, that's different than saying, are we allowed to, you know, have our own spaces and be angry amongst Asian American men? Which which the answer to is no, by the way. I mean, you're not, we're not really allowed to have our own spaces. Wait, wait, who's saying, who's saying that? Who's saying that? Oh, the efforts to the efforts to uh, you know get all of the Asian American male subreddits banned, et cetera, things like that. Um, an extent to which even the exclusion of uh, the, it's not just men; it's like the it's it's not just gender, but it's the nature of the conversation. So the way, for example, subtle, subtle Asian dating as a group was banned from Facebook because um, you know of it's sort of like. I think it's sort of like failure to include white men to a sufficient degree, things like no, that. So, oh, by it's, the way, it, there, there, there I, definitely is pushback against the idea of, of giving Asian men their own space to, to talk about that. Um, even if Asian women are in the mix, it, does, it really doesn't matter. It's the bent of the conversation, the nature of the conversation. And the, the degree to which I think this, you know, we are here debating whether these things are actually real is to me... No, we're not debating that at all. We're not debating that at all. We're debating the differential response to whether or not these things are... The differential response of uh, imperfect leaders versus the actual justice itself. That's what we're debating here. I don't consider Jen Feng a leader. That's that's not my point. I'm saying that the... uh, We're fixating a little bit too much on her because to... I'm talking about the tweets that came after that. Okay. I'm talking about the narrative. Okay. And... The, 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 if I'm, if, for example, if someone responds to that narrative, it gets turned into, well, why are you fixating on this person? If it's Celeste Eng who tweets that, it's like, why are you fixating on this particular Asian woman? Like, what is your interest in her? None, zero. I don't, it, there is no interest. So you see how everything turns back into a questioning of motives. Everything turns back into what is what what is the secret no, but see, you know motive here? Uh, see, okay, like why again, can't people just be angry on its face? Back to contract. Why isn't it enough that what they said was super fucked up or is consistently gaslighting Asian people, Asian men, or a certain it, particular point of view of Asian people? Why isn't that enough? Why do we have to go deeper into it? Like, well, you got to really like question, you know, is that a rhetorical response? Can I answer it? Can I answer it? I'll tell you why. I think that, again, allyship is a contract. And Mm -hmm. and I think that if you want to. What contract do we have? with? how is there an allyship contract? Just let let him finish. Allyship is a contract, I think. And I think that uh, like for Asian-American men to sort of. You, you know, leverage the grievance narratives of broader categories outside of Asian American men, such as people of color, such as Asian Americans writ large. I think that often we need to also start talking about things that, uh, that, that 
don't just affect us. I think that's a part of the contract. And that is a problem within Asian American male spaces, is that our pain just Oh, and again, I know a team that you hate these pain narrative. I don't care what we call it, pain, grievance, whatever. It just stops here. I think that's, I think that's a, I disagree, I disagree with that shit so hard. I disagree with that shit so hard. Yo, bro, I was fucking walking. It's so false. I mean, first of all, I'm not saying for everyone. I'm saying this this is is the dominant narrative. Okay, okay. I think we should so, continue this in the first place. Okay, no, no, hey. So, Lorraine, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. No, no, this is, this is, one. I want to, I want to fucking get this out here, though. Why the fuck yeah, okay. get do it out eight, and then we should Why the fuck? Go for no, it. No, no, hey. Go for go, it. Go, go, go. All right, let me ask you this. Why the fuck do we have to, why are we space, okay. It's hard enough building out an Asian space, okay? Why do we have to, to talk about other people's issues in our own fucking space? We, Asian Asian Ooh, Americans yeah, are de- there's there's definitely politically act- there's I know for a fact there are politically activated Asian Americans out there that are going out there and marching that are going out there and protesting they're fucking donating they're volunteering they are totally, definitely totally, talking about issues that affect other fucking people why the hell is that the criticism when we want to talk about something that relates to us in our own spaces is anybody going into a black sp- Asian male spaces is- or Asian American spaces? Both. I mean, both. Are, are, are people going into black spaces and going like, well, you know, uh, we'd be more open to your grievances if you were to talk more about how other, other marginalized groups are being, are being discriminated against in your spaces. I don't know. Maybe there are, but I think that's, that, I think that's stupid as fuck. Yeah. That, that, that's a, that's an active conversation for sure. Again, I think it's, it's contractual. No, you know, well, but the on, on who's, I don't on think, way. I mean, here's right. the thing. Okay, I want to leave with uh, this. Will be my last remark, and I think we should definitely. Con- this is a great conversation, by the way, and I appreciate the uh, heat that everyone's brought to it. I think I we'll also need feel this. bad for Ray a little bit. No, Sorry, no, 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 no. I'm happy to be. What is what is it called when the the there's like a in in wrestling when there's like a, someone who's kind of comical who just gets beat down. <laughs> Oh, no, I don't think that's oh, how no. this went at all. No, no. no, I think this was a good conversation. I think this is a legit conversation. But okay, fair. I, wanna, I, want to, I want to call into question this idea of a contractual relationship. If you, if you want to boil down the relationship between uh, a certain faction, a, a certain side of Asian American with the other as contractual or as between Asian men and Asian women as contractual, I mean, where is that going to head? See, I don't think that there is... This concept of allyship between Asian men and Asian women presupposes... Uh, presupposes that, that that's actually where the relationship lays, and I don't think it is. I think the relationship between Asian men and Asian women is actually quite personal, right? It's it's personal. It's like your community bonds. It's your family. Yeah. It's your partner. Well, they're both. And they're this both. T- but no, Again, but I don't think I don't think that there is a Asian male and Asian woman allyship con- construct out there. I think we're assuming that. Well, and the, it's not this idea that Asian it. men have to honor a certain contract, a contractual relationship. Where where is that contract and who signed it? Because I don't know of any person that has the right or authority to sign. It's not such specific to Asian men or it's for anyone else. To all coalition politics. This is a general thing. I don't know if this is about coalition politics versus. You know, there are just certain things that, as an Asian man, I've got to put up with in this society, and I'm, I have fucking had enough of it. So I don't think that everything has to be stuffed into operational constructs of coalition politics and social justice movements. I think a lot of it is just, why the fuck are there things that we're not allowed to say? Yeah, Simple. yeah. Like, so, why, why so is it that again, there are things that are always said about me and I can't push back on it? 
There is an incredible amount of confounding in this conversation. When we're talking about just day-to-day conversation, totally. But we are talking about the political. We are talking about movements online that we see. And you're, you're talking about why don't Asian American women support as a movement, not in interpersonal pop, like interpersonal day-to-day conversations. I don't think I brought up the issue of a movement. I'm talking about that the movement itself, the, one, the part of it that's been legitimized, has a lot of shitty things to say about Asian men. And my problem isn't that we need to steer the, the, you know, the, 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 the activism towards a certain way. I'm just saying Asian guys are fucking angry about it and they have a right to be angry about it. And they should learn to, to start creating collective anger about it because there, there's, there's no justification for this. So I, I don't see it as coalitional politics. I don't see it as a matter of a contract between Asian men and Asian women. I just see it as why the fuck are there th- certain things that... Like we just have to, we just have to eat. We just have to own it. And people are out there talking about us on our behalf and our inner pain and our struggle and our emasculation, all this stuff. I'm like, what the fuck does this have? None of this describes me at all. None of it is even close to describing me. I'm just angry about what this person said or what this person has said about me. This has nothing, nothing to do with me. So that's where I stand. I, I, I that, that's my last thought on this. I, this has been a very long and, and good conversation, but that's kind of, that, that's, that's fundamentally where I I'm situated on this. Mark, any last uh, comments from you? Um, uh, this was a great conversation. Um, I, I felt like it was a little bit like uh, three guns pointed at one target, but I think uh, Ray was a, a willing uh, foil um, for the conversation. Um, I, I get a little frustrated or a lot frustrated at uh, sort of the, the responses that, that Ray was modeling for us uh, uh, because... It's just been what I've encountered for the last, I don't know, decade of being online. And, you know, I won't, I won't detail my own grievances or, or problems with Jen Fang uh, myself because, you know, I followed her, her website. And I used to be a very big fan of hers uh, until some disagreements on the whole WMAF uh, issue and, and, and the, the way that she went about um, basically shaming me into feeling like, um, I did not have a place in just even expressing my opinions, but, um, so, you know, I, I get very frustrated in the, the being asked, well, okay, it's a contractual thing. And maybe we need to, as Asian men take the first step without any guarantee of reciprocity. Uh, no, no, um, we get, we, we should get reciprocity definitely, but it has, I mean, that's what a contract is. It's not one sided. Yes. 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 That's true. But I have not seen any in the broader sense, um, like prominent Asian American women, we see it in the right. I have not. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. But I have not seen any sign of hope, a glimmer that if I make that move, I, I, I have not, I I honestly, I honestly do not feel that. Um, I don't feel that any trust. What about the the subtle Asian groups? Don't you feel like there's Uh, a lot of, if they get, if they get too far down, they get, they get shut down. Right, and that's what happened it, to subtle Asian. It's, it's also so, definitely no, a gender. It, it's also definitely there's a generational aspect to this. Like, yeah, I find that they let's, yep. just, let's just fucking say it. If Asians are not packaged in a way that's like useful and appealing to white people, then it's of no use to anybody, and that's just true. Sex Asians or math Asians. <laughs> Sex Asians or math Asians. Yep. Yeah. But by the way, I, I do want to get things straight because my my partner works for uh, Facebook. In fact, she works for groups. And oh wow, okay. There does there, like, so basically, it, um, there's been a lot of like 
conjecture about why subtle Asian dating was shut down. And the primary thing is the fact that it was shut down because of nudity. Now, does nudity happen in other Facebook groups? Hell yes. Happens in ton. But the difference is scale. Like nudity ha that happens in other Facebook groups? No, okay, like, fine. But, you know, okay, let's go down this road, okay? They're it's tiny. like. No, but here's the thing. It's like every we're always looking for a justifiable way out of a suspect position. Okay, that's a technical reason why they were removed. And actually, that's not what they said, right? Like their official explanation was that uh, it was promoting prostitution. It wasn't nudity. It was promoting well, prostitution. Sure, sure. Which I mean, to me, frame it like which to me goes into a whole other thing, which is that Asian people are not recognized by white people as being capable of ironic humor. So I think we that's a, that's a whole other topic. But I'm tired of fucking looking for technical ways out of an uncomfortable situation. I'm fucking tired. I agree writ large, this but is, I just want to say yeah. that this is Akram's razor and when Akram's razor is that is Akram's razor is, is Akram's razor is simple if you like, don't believe in bias. Like the simplest explanation is that nobody is racist against Asians, right? So it's always some technicality. It can't be that. Oh my god. It cannot I, be, I, be you know because it's too complicated that maybe Asian that white people always want access to Asian spaces because there's why you know why would they want to do that? We have to go into a whole historical it, discussion about it or whatever. So Occam's razor is like, no, nah, it, it was nudity. It's also it's also worth mentioning that large. it's also worth mentioning that uh, the the administrators of the group released a statement saying that they were shut down and when they were at you know they reached out to try and get some answer on why they were shut down so that they could prevent that behavior. Uh, they were not given that reason. They were not told that, oh, well, you have posts that yeah, have nudity and that's their... You know how many Facebook oh, I, I mean, oh, uh, Okay, I mean, you know, we can... Go... Okay, well, then it was because of this. It was because of this. At what point can we settle on, hey, somebody had... So it, there is a human being on the other end that clicked that button and made a judgment call that may have been biased. No, no. At what, at what point can we can we though, settle? Is the thing. It's not. It's, it's not. It was complete. Really? No, no, no. It's not even algorithms. It's basically when pe when there are complaints. So it's user driven. Is the thing. When there are okay. complaints of a group, and what drives complaints of a group? Not people. Not even white people. It's size of groups. So there you're saying there were enough people in the subtle Asian dating sub uh, group itself that reported it for the nude images. Absolutely. And, and why, that's why, why I'm in a ton of groups that actually have nudity. I, I don't want to get into that. But, uh, <laughs> but wouldn't it be more of a, useful to say it's a ratio of the user base? So, and that would factor in the size of the group Look, itself. And, and also, why are we even debating this? My, my point is this. Look, this is not the hill that there's the, there's the, that's we are doing. always looking for ways out. Okay. We are always looking for ways to explain everything such that uh, it's not really the way we said it was. What I'm saying is that I want Asian guys, specifically Asian guys, because I'm an Asian guy, to be a fucking good advocate for yourself. I agree. And not and always to feel obligated about. to find a way out of everything. If you're angry about something, express it. Are you always going to be right? things to be angry about. Yes. And I think the shutting down of subtle Asian dating was something to be angry about. I think the mods in there were right to be angry. And if they weren't angry, they would not have been reinstituted, reinstated. Mm -hmm. Right? That's advocacy for you. That's anger. It actually gets results if it's collectivized. If people don't run away from anger. Oh, if totally. people are I, willing to build a case, that's that's what I am advocating for. People to be I, their I, own I'm advocates. I'm not saying it should rather, ra rather than always undertake this project of like, 
you know, how do we make sense of this world? How do we have an equanimity? How do oh, we God. maintain equanimity in a world that does this fucked up? How do we have I'm a harmonious not, I'm relationship in this with a specific case? Totally, the, the 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 group should have been. Everything boils down to this specific case. Look, every case requires advocacy. Someone's going to come in and explain to you why you're wrong. You're going to have to explain why you're right. It's it 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 is a it is a fundamentally it's a fundamentally an issue of advocacy for yourself, and we are taught to be fucking scientists about ourselves so that we can always put ourselves into the context of the more complicated realities, and we got to be at, we have to accept dual dual uh, uh, duality and the dualistic mode of thinking. And <laughs> oh my god, ways, dude! Both sides. I'm like, I agree with you. Be an advocate large, for yourself. But in this instantiation. Yeah. It's just off. It's just it's just you know reading an ink blog. I don't care if it's off. That see that's the thing that I don't care if it's off. What I care about is that people learn to have some backbone. It's not about being objectively right. It's about standing up for yourself. Okay, there is a point. There are things that you're going to get wrong. Is it your responsibility to be a fucking scientist and get everything right? Not in these situations. You have to learn also to be an advocate. Right. You have to you have to marshal the things that you care about and push that. Sure. Because people are going to push against you naturally. I totally so, agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's my point is we've got to learn an advocacy mode of thinking. And I think there's way, way too much just like putting this pressure on ourselves to be 100% right. Are we correct about what we're, yeah. Yeah, you're correct in having, there are things that are being left out, I think, which makes the larger conversation incomplete. And we've got to bring that. We do not, it's not incumbent on us to bring a, completely unified theory of everything into every discussion. There are things that we care about. There are things that affect us that are overlooked that we should bring to the table. And this idea that those are necessarily incomplete and therefore you've got to go back to the drawing board and think about it some more is bullshit. It's not how advocacy works. I get worked up because I'm a lawyer. This, this, this is my fundamental <laughs> mode of thinking. I, no, seriously, I think I there just needs to be more advocacy and Asian guys do not well, do a yeah, job well, of advocating I also, yes, I, We shoot I ourselves that, in the uh, foot every time. Well, I think I think the Asian American, um, I think the activists in Asian American spaces in general will hesitate because we want to make sure that we're getting angry or worked up about the exact correct thing, and we come about it exactly the correct way. I don't see other groups get so worried about that. You know, it's like a, yeah. a Jewish American. You know, the Jews in America will get upset about any little thing, and um, they might not be correct, but it doesn't matter. Like they're going to, in a in a collective we definitely manner, advocate lean on. for themselves, and yeah. other people will have to kowtow to it. So yeah, when definitely it comes lean to Facebook, on I don't appeals to authority for sure. We we definitely that, appeal to when it authority when it comes to the lot. Facebook thing. I don't care what the inside scoop on why they were banned was or whatever. All I know is if you put your fucking foot down and say that's fucked up, that sends a message. Next time you see a group that has Asian written on it, think twice about banning it. You got to look closer. And why, so why, if they really were banned for nudity, why were they reinstated? If there was a, if there was a correct, if there was a procedure that, that did call for their banning, why were they reinstated? It's because they advocated for themselves. Look, I think that it's a dangerous place to be where the, the angry answer, the angrier answer is always right. And that's frankly why I disagreed that's... so much with Albert Herr. Um, I don't know I if do that's what we're I don't think Albert Herr is a danger to anyone. I don't think he's a danger to anyone. I think well, this idea that there's that, so much danger lurking in the Asian male potential for it's not you know, danger. anger and it's just stupidity. Okay, then it's stupidity. So what? Okay. No one's saying that you got to follow anything he says. I don't follow what he says. I mean, you know, 
what what is the fix? Seriously, let me ask you, what's the fixation with him then? You know, I mean, what, what's the difference? I don't point think is anyone that, is talking about him. The point is that I don't think that pointing out to an, an Albert Herr as like a like, oh, this is what's going to become of Asian men if they get angry is right. Like there, there really needs to be. Well, we do I need think, good examples, I think. Yeah. And every time a, a good example tries to rise up, guess what it confronts? This whole like this whole thing about how you're going to slowly turn into an inchoate rambling freak and a misogynist like Frank Chin or. No, we know, have I mean, great it, examples, but I just don't think we've mentioned them here like i don't think albert is a good one no I, I i'm not saying he is i'm saying that the 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 discussion around asian male anger always loops back around to you got to be careful with that stuff i think you know well, i think you got to sort out the degree to which you're being biased here yeah fuck yeah i'm biased i'm biased about the things that i care about right i'm i'm very like there's a certain amount of bias yeah, that's being totally driven into it and I have the reverse bias there. I think I'm I am biased towards the conversation I, I am biased to the idea that the conversation out there is fundamentally fucked up because of the way it treats Asian men. And I, I do care about that specific thing. There are other things that are right with it. There are other things that are wrong with it. But there are things that I care about, you know. And that is is that bias, that selective focus attention. Yes it is. And and I think as people who want to practice advocacy, that's how you should do it. Yeah, and, 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 but we have to be okay with that possibility for others. So Jen Feng is going to care sure. about things that more directly affect her, just as we do. There is a symmetry. Yes, and the, the, there's symmetry yes, to that. Yes, and I'm pushing back on it. So, you know, that's it. I so, think my problem is when it loops back around to this idea that uh, it's, you know, we're no longer paying attention to what's being said, but we're just engaging in accusations of people saying, oh, that's, a, that, you know, anyone who, anyone who has anything to say about this is, uh, you know, really a toxic Asian, practicing toxic Asian masculinity and is trying to own Asian women or something like that. I mean, it's just that, that, that is, that's not, that, that's not even in bounds. That's just a ridiculous thing to say. I think that's the force field that says, stay the fuck out of this business. This is not your business. We're, yes, we're talking about you, but don't, don't, you know, don't come into the fold. Let us do the talking. That, that whole model's got to go. All right. Thanks, everyone, for uh, listening to another episode of Escape from Plan A. Um, we had a great time uh, on this topic. It got a little heated, and it's uh, we apologize for the length, um, but really there was nothing um, to cut. Um, so on this pod, we're uh, Teen, myself, Mark, Jong, and Ray. And again, um, you know, uh, please rate us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, wherever you listen to us. If you enjoyed it, um, we're always open to feedback. The uh, email is, again, is editor.planamag at gmail.com. And again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we'll uh, see you guys next time. We are the price. Uh-huh. This is not the last breath of a martyr. This is putting down the mic to get the real party started. See, the artist I've become was not a talent I call. I'd rather break into a house and have a lip when I walk. It's like I knew I ain't belong here. I joined the gang and lost my cousin and my uncle in the same year. I was a menace by the 10th grade. I ignored the teacher's dog. I knew I wouldn't graduate. Our robbery was the final straw Pulled out of my house at 3am Rocking my boxer drawers They had a target on my mama when she immigrated Soon as I was out, I was training for initiation The theme has always been the devil The proverbial, the evil is the men The one who gets you hoping dollars on the way While Rocky hold me down And my son don't ask for money, he just walk me around But I've 
been hoping couple dollars come my way. I've been in since the beginning, grew my roots in LA. I am the prey. I am the prey. I am the prey. I am the prey. Uh huh. I'm hoping couple dollars come my way. While the predator is pushing all my homies in the grave, I'm the prey. You are the prey. We are the prey. I am the prey.